Sports Arena and his Extreme Rewinds, your weekly look into the world of extremes. We look at ECW Hardcore TV from episode one all the way to four of them with every pay-per-view special and ECW on TNN in between. You've got myself, Paul. I'm joined, as always, by Jay. What's happening, Jay? So I know this is Extreme Rewind, and we are talking about ECW all the way from episode one to 401 and all the pay-per-views and specials and ECW on TNN in between. But we do sometimes talk a little bit about modern stuff. Did you catch any of Helen's so? Um, I've seen Cody. Did you see the whole match? Or did you see bits of? Uh, bits, bits of. So there was a lovely bit which, which links for me to what we're talking about. Because in the middle of a Helen's was a really good match. If, if I was so inclined, I might be cheeky and say it was my match of the week, but it's not. Um, uh, really good match. And as part of it, he goes into under the ring in the Hell and Cell, pulls out a bag, and on that in that bag is a bull rope and cowbell. And they have an impromptu bull rope match in the middle of a Hell and Cell. If you will. Um, exactly. And, you know, given what we are watching with Carino taking it on, you know, Stardust and... Was that the name of the bell? I think he was. that was the name of the bell he gave... I thought it was, so it, yeah. It all kind of links. Um, yeah, and I just thought it was a lovely little kind of um, playback to what we are watching unfold with Dusty and, and Steve Carino and uh, the ball rope matches and the cowbells. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's it's just a lovely little kind of play out that I think, um, for me, added to the, the enjoyment of uh, what was a very good match. That was good. And then good old Cody with his torn peck. Yeah. You know, I mean, not quite as, you know, hardcore as Tommy Dreamer has been wrestling for the last nine months with 17 broken backs. Oh, for a shoot, maybe not as hard as getting your bicep ripped in half with barbed wire and super doing it together. (laughs) Work with me, daddy. Come on. (laughs) Uh, Have you got any tape? I haven't got any tape. Work with me, please. Well, with me, Daddy, please find some. <laughs> Still the highlight of um, Born to be Wired, available in our hardcore. In our, in our... Yeah. It's, always, it's always worth hunting down forever hardcore if you've never seen it, just to see Sabri talk about that. It's funny. <laughs> please yeah. work with me. Um, yeah, but we are in May. Must be coming to a dark side of the ring near you soon. Ranger the Fifth. May the 5th, 2000, and May the 6th, 2000, episode 37 of ECW on TNN, and episode 367 of Hardcore TV, available on the network, if you enter badly dubbed wrestling shows. <laughs> really are. There's, there's some of them that just are worse than others. This is true. Uh, I don't know what it is, but there's some of them w- which are just offensively dubbed. The later it's gone on, so the less they sort of cared. And also in a weird kind of way, like some of their musics have become like their musics, like Ra- Raven. I've, I've sort of come to accept that little generic... And, uh, and New Jack, um, New Jack's in the ghetto as well. 
Yeah. RVD, RVD, I, I, I found myself yes. thinking about this week in a whole kind of um, suddenly having to on, um, Pantera Walk. I know we've spoken about it before, but they're actually all on YouTube as well, the full versions. And mm-hmm. they're, they're like sort of about being on. They're there. Unless you're listening from the in which case, no, they're not. It's true, in case you ever fancy going and listen to New Jack's dub theme. Um, we get a massive recap from everything that happened last week. Lance Storm getting injured, Dreamer beating Taz, just incredible coming out and beating Dreamer. All, all the bits, throwing down the tag belts, all the all the carnage. Um, yes. So we get the intro. Old Joey and Joel in the ring. We get out a weekly tin in joke. The only place it uses uh, rabbit is uh, to get signal with it, or yeah, to broadcast or something. Do you do you remember rabbit is? Uh, no. So. I literally thought they meant rabbit ears. So that was the name, especially in America, that the antennas had. Because you used to have two antennas that kind of you'd pull out oh, on the yeah. TV. And they, they'd usually kind of go out in a V kind of shape. Um, and uh, yeah, so they were affectionately known as rabbit ears. Um, so they are saying that they are, are, are on a terrestrial analog channel picked up by old TVs rather than through, you know, cable and, and whatever else. Oh, that makes a lot more sense. I mean, there's a lot of explaining. And I know there's a lot of explaining because it's a 22-year-old joke, but it's a lot of explaining. <laughs> I do love a good 22-year-old. Well, I say, not old 22-year-old <laughs> jokes. <laughs> I'm a peak too early with that opinion. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but they looked like they were having a blast. They were happy. They were, they were. Joe, Joe Gertner did stuff. Yeah, he got his lines in there and all that, and they, they're kicking off the show and they're up for it, and the crowd's up for it. Everyone's rowdy, it's good. We can have a blast. Um, Justin Credible's music hits. He makes his way out, um, and I, I do like the fact that um, Joey Styles, and it goes on throughout the shows, that there's a fucking like uproar that he dare throw the tag team titles down. Now I will I will I will own this because last week when we were talking about the fallout from Cyberslam, um yeah. we I, I was I was calling out the fact that in the ECW TV title match they were talking about Tajiri being the title, you know, passing the title, not not you know competing for it, just giving it away. Yeah. And Joey Styles was incredulous that that would be considered for an ECW championship because that's not what we do. You know, our, our titles mean something, blah, blah, blah. And I kind of had this kind of slightly annoyed tone in the sense of, I know what happens just later on in that show. And, you know, I know I'm watching here with the benefit of 22 years of hindsight. However, you're watching that you're doing this knowing what the story's going to be. Yeah. So, you know, how are you saying that knowing you're going to contradict yourself? Uh, so the fact that they've looped it back and actually it's this whole thing about how could you? Um, I, 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 I take back my criticism. I understand now that it was actually building so that they could come through and say, 
you know, I can't believe you did that, rather than, you know. And I like it because it, it's almost overshadowing sort of the fact that um, he won the World Heavyweight title. It's, it's, it's there's a... there, isn't it? Yeah, and, and there's this wonderful kind of um, clamour for the uh, tag titles, which is it's a good way of um, after you've just absolutely disrespected them and thrown them down, it's a great way of, of you know, almost heating them straight back up of like, well, I, actually... You know, here's a long list of people who are pissed off of of what happened, um, and don't like the fact that they've been thrown down because it's disrespectful of of their legacy and their brilliance and blah blah blah. Um, so, uh, you know, all of these people would be thrilled to be champion and are a tag champion and are apoplectic. Climate and apoplectic. I've, I've peaked already at nine minutes into this podcast. Um, that um, that just incredible has dead, which is which is a lovely kind of thing, as well as creating God knows how many people who are who are targeting just incredible, um, yeah. because it's not just um, the fact that he's ECW champion. It's the fact that he doesn't deserve to be ECW champion because he's just disrespected um, the, the very prestigious tag team championship. So, you know, he's, he, he, he doesn't, it's not good that he's our champion. Yeah, no, but it's, um, you know, it's cool. Before he gets a chance to answer uh, this question, though, you basically get Francine jumps in. And basically goes on about how all she's done is sort of manage take everyone's championships. So a few things. Well. Um, Francine, as she walks out, automatically feels like a bigger deal. And part of that is just incredible is looking after her. Yeah. You know, he's 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 lifting her onto the apron, he's he's kind of, you know not quite the franchise style kind of, you know, oh, beat my heart kind of whatever as she's coming in. But there's a reverence for her instead of her yeah. just trailing behind and not even being looked at or acknowledged like she was with, with Dreamer and to a degree uh, Raven. Um, yeah. So automatically she feels far more of pride of place back to where she should be. And that then just empowers her being this kind of, you know, this maker of champions. Um, you know, why would why would Just Incredible want Francine in her his corner? Because Francine delivers championships. You know, she's she's the the mastermind behind some of the biggest champions that ECW has ever seen. Um, yeah. And you know, and 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 it is. It's it's it's. I thought it was brilliant. I thought it was um, brilliant. I, I, I just felt it sort of worked. I mean, it it moved her 
sort of straight back up the kind of pedestal again. And um, obviously put Justin um, Credible on top of the the heap. So they do that. Um, Joe Styles brings up the, um, the tag team belts again. Uh, Justin Credible then says that he threw him down because, you know, he's the coolest. He's the type to get his catchphrase in it. Uh, Lance Storm music hits. And um, I've got to say, like, all of this, what a fucking brilliant opening segment. Yeah. Like, it's kind of almost like, without knocking, like, ECW, if this was in, like, a massive kind of 20,000 arena, I honestly believe when, like, Lance Storm's music hits, people would have lost their fucking shit. Yeah. And not saying yeah, he didn't hear it, obviously it's overdubbed, so you don't hear the real reaction. But just the idea of it, basically Storm came out and sort of said, you know, he trained him, he helped him and all this. And um, a great line where basically he says, um, you threw down my tag team titles, so you owe me a championship belt. So you either give me that one or I'll take it or something like that. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's just a great line. It's like, I think you owe me a belt because you threw down my belt as well. I uh, So, and, and we'll go through this more as it goes through, but what Lance Storm does, what Dreamer does, what, what Raven to a degree does, what everyone, everyone wants Justin Incredible and wants to take the belt off of Justin Incredible. Yeah. And it's it's exactly what I've been complaining about since Taz in the sense of no one was chasing oh, the champion. He had to go out and find, same with Awesome, he had to go out and find his competitors. Same with, you know, Dreamer in his seven and a half second run. Um, but it is, it's the first time in like... Since Shane like Douglas. Forever. Yeah, for like forever, that people actually want to get at this champion. And you've got everyone... Yeah, and the championship. It unfolds, unfolds the more we get into the show. But it's, it's yeah, it's like he... It's almost like, you know, a step away from him having a bounty put on him because everyone sort of hates him so much. This thing, it's a target. You know, it's not a championship, it's a target. Um, you know, everyone wants to knock me off. Everyone wants to show that I'm not worthy of it. Everyone wants to... And that, that you know, feeds into him. It feeds into the, the, the chip on his shoulder about all of this. Um, and I can't remember one person calling out Michaelson. And Spike doesn't count because Spike said he didn't want the belt. He didn't care about the belt. No, I mean, Spike didn't care until he was described as a giant, which is what Spike apparently cares about. Tanaka wasn't about the wanting to be the champion. It was just about, you know, Mike Awesome and I beat each other up. That's what we do. Yeah, it's the fight forever, isn't it? Yeah. Um, you know, what other... Uh, I mean, RVD, but again, that was less about wanting to be the champion and, and just because he described himself as, you know, it was about the TV title, which is bigger, the TV title or the, um, or the other one, or the, the, or the, or the heavyweight. Yeah, so they, they end up brawling. Basically, the segment ends and we sort of go into a Lance Storm um, Kid Cash match. Um, now I like what Kid Cash does in the ring, but this felt like such a 
an offset. And again, you know, far too competitive from my side. After all of that, for it to be a kid cash match felt just just like a little bit of a drop. I, I kind of feel like you've put Credible on this pedestal as the biggest asshole in the company who now happens to be the world heavyweight champion and everyone has a reason to like want to get him. It's almost like a who shot Mr. Burns kind of thing, you know? Everyone's got a motive why to get this guy. And um, I I just feel like Lance Storm could have taken out Cash Quick and obviously we'll get to it in the future. But Tommy Dreamer 100% could have taken out Simon Diamond quick. Yeah. But, but, I, but obviously we'll get to that when we get to that. But I do feel like they were anyone who had this sort of legit grievance had a real opportunity just to come out, kill their opponent, grab the mic, and be like, just incredible. I'm coming for that fucking belt and just throwing the mic away. Side note, do you know when the Who Shot Mr. Burns episode aired? Uh, was it May the 5th, 2000? <laughs> September the 17th, 1995. Jesus. There I am. Like, 30 so, years later, using it as a reference. So, yeah, if, you, if you'd <laughs> referenced this when we'd watched that live, it would have been considered watch- quite an old reference. <laughs> I thought it'd be somewhat <laughs> of, but I'm, I'm trying now. Yeah, I thought I'd use. I know, references. I but but if it, that's the thing, it feels like it should be kind of you know it doesn't feel like it should be. What's that? Thirty-five years ago? Twenty-five years ago? Twenty-seven years ago? Yeah, I tried to you know use relevant of time references. I think it's better. <laughs> Take people back in the whole mindset of it. Then you see, <laughs> but it turns out it was five years late then. Um, but yeah, no, I, I just, obviously, like I said, we'll get with the other match. So I won't dwell on it too much because I'll probably kick off again about it later on. But I, I just think there was a real opportunity just to show a bit of levels, you know, and have your top tier yes. world title contenders <clears throat> basically like, fuck the games. I'm done with this shit. Like, I'm coming for you. Yeah. Um and it comes uh, again, you know, not everything needs to be a pay per view yeah. map. Oh, fuck. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we'll, we'll get there. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I have comments, I have questions, I have, yeah. Um, but no, absolutely. And, and this is the thing, you know, I, I want, with, you know, respect to Kid Cash, I've got no issue with him getting steamrolled um, by a pissed off and motivated um, dangerous challenge in Lance Storm. But they, they could have literally been like Kid Cash flew around, Kid Cash hit him with high, you know, fast spots, fast spots, Kid Cash looks like he's in control, Kid Cash then sort of runs at him, gets hit with a rolling single leg crab and Lance Storm just doesn't let go, taps him. Do you know what I mean? Like, he's just literally one move yeah. and he's defeated him kind of thing. So Kid Cash came out all guns blazing but just got caught with one move. Storm refused to let go and just sort of stared at the camera. And yeah. so you think, wow, and, someone else wants him. 
and you could you could make the argument of him being distracted and that's why you know he he kind of was on the edge for a little while and um you know his mind's obviously not in it and he's too busy thinking about just incredible and how close he got to him just there and all the rest of it but you know he just needed a second he's so good he just needed a second he just needed you know to be back in the game for just a second and he turned it instantly um I, I, and, and I get it was a good match. Technically, it was a good match. It just didn't feel as if it needed to be a good match. Agreed. Uh, but Love Storm did one, so at least they got that bit right. Dangerous Alliance is out the back, uh, looking for the Sinister Minister. They're going to Sinister Minister, seeing Mikey there, but want to talk to the Sinister Minister. And you have a much better way of describing this than I do. <laughs> Right. So, they are coming to see the Sinister Minister because the Sinister Minister, it turns out, um, has pulled ECW. Um, And therefore, you know, he's the one that can get them into the title picture for the, the, the vacated um, uh, match, uh, tag team titles. Um, so they're trying to convince him. And, and you know, he's, he's, he's open to, to a deal, depending on what they have to offer. Um, and what they have to offer is, is Electra. Yeah. Um, who uh, takes off his, her top. Um, and there's a joke about how hot she is, and then Mikey has something that seems to be on far more fire than he was expecting it to be. Yeah, I mean, I think personally, I think that's my that's my sort of favourite take from this. Mikey sort of has this little sort of cup that's on fire, and he starts off sort of like loving it, and everyone's joking, and it's great. But at the end of the segment, it's almost like they ran about five seconds too long and you can see sort of Mikey look over to the camera like this is really picking up now like, what the fuck am I supposed to do and um, it was quite funny yeah where where is the person with the um, fire extinguisher that was that was expected to run in and uh, uh, apply out and, and um, dangerous alliance are trying out a new catchphrase which is when we're good we're great and when we're bad we're dangerous um, Get on a t-shirt. I mean, it's fine. It's it's again, you know that that would be a better thing if we weren't confused whether you were face or heel because you're a bad guy. Apart from when there's other bad guys in the ring, in which case you're a good guy. Yeah, you're not as bad as the bad guys. Not as bad as the baddies, but not as good as the goodies. And that's because it's just sexism in their promos, not racism. But we are dangerous. They are, and they're an alliance. So, you know, they've got both of those things going for them. It should be it, the T-shirt. We are dangerous and we are an alliance. Um, Jerry Lynn versus... (laughs) You know, know, like the super crazy one. He's super. He's crazy. He's super crazy. (laughs) They're dangerous. They're an alliance. They're the dangerous alliance. It works. It does. Oh, someone make it. 
not about money anymore. It's just about getting his t-shirts out there. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm checking Zazzle as it's as we speak. Let's get out there. Let's get the old innovator of silence t-shirt out there. Let's just let's get <laughs> get them all done. Uh, I was told. <laughs> no, lukewarm Chad Austin. Yeah, which I know he's lived on for other podcasts. Yeah. God bless you. Keep it going. Multi-tool of wrestling. Multi-tool of wrestling. Oh, yeah. I still wear that with pride. I know. And I, I don't, still wear that with pride. And even people question it. It's even harder to explain. <laughs> I just the I just send them to the archives. The moment is like, all free. The archives are free. I've I've yeah. I've changed I've written on the back in Sharpie. If you want to get this reference, check out the archives of underscore sports arena. Those good ones. Um, yeah, Jerry Lynn versus Scotty Anton. The decent enough match. Jerry Lynn's first match back, obviously, find it's going to be RVD's opponent. Jerry Lynn does pick up the win. In Scotty Anton's first official match. Exactly. Yeah, he's not just some piece of shit turning up on TV. Although they do take the royal piss out of his trunks. Yeah. It's all kind of. Um... Again, it's, it's sort of really pointless to make him lose this match, but whatever. I mean, so if you're going to do this match, you have to put Jerry Lynn over. Yeah. 100% agree. My my question is, why do you have to do this match? This is it. Um, I mean, are you? is this a whole kind of, you know, ah, he's, he's, he's RBD's guy, so you've got to. And I kind of get that, except, again, you're booking yourself into corners you don't need to book. As, as a holy shit, Jerry Lynn's back and he's pissed off, this could have been Kid Cash. This could have been... Yeah. Um, also, like, Jerry Lynn doesn't need a guy who wrestles a completely different style as a warm-up for like, RVD. The whole idea is this guy doesn't need a RVD. Kind of, he's the one guy who could potentially have RVD's number. Yep. Kind of deal. Um, so Lynn does pick up the win. Cyrus comes out with the network, the ones in the handshake. Jerry Lynn attacks them. They beat him down. RVD's music hits. Dun -dun, dun -dun, dun -dun. Um, Classic. So Jerry then comes out and helps as well. RVD sort of battles with some of the network sort of like towards the back. Carino gets in the ring with Jack Victory. Says, um, Carino and Jack Victory versus Jerry two on one. He likes those odds. Um, without the network, Tajiri has nobody. A again, a bit of casual racism here again, full-blown racism. <sighs> Identical to what Cyrus said last week. And, um, yeah, I think we'll just leave it there. So Tajiri has no one. Um, I, I did kind of like this, but it also yes. infuriated me. Tajiri basically lifts up a beer can. So, you know, Sandman music hits and it's very lit. But I do kind of sit there and think, if the jury was in real danger, what's, what's the, the eight-minute intro of the guy? So, uh, I mean, exactly this. So I loved the beer can moment. The beer um, can moment was great. The pop, and with Enter Sandman, the real version of Enter Sandman playing, this is the beer can went up. It must have been like, it would have, It'd be ridiculous. Do you know what I mean? It's a great little segment. 
yeah and and um you know it felt almost like the undertaker in his urn yeah with with sam man in his beer can and it feels like it's something that should have been replicated a million times over um but um yeah we're still into the same thing of you know if my thing was i want to beat you up then i've got a good eight to ten minutes because this one felt just drastically long, even it by Sandman standards. With, with the ring, with the wide shots where it showed him in the ring, this one felt a little bit more awkward than normal because I thought, why are Carino and Victory just not kicking the shit out of the jury? Yeah. It, it just felt a bit like, okay. Um, but we do get Sandman to jury versus uh, Rhino and Carino in the end, wasn't it? Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah, some good, some big names in this. What do you think of it? Um, I I enjoyed it. Um, I mean, Laurie Peaches Fullington comes down as well to even the odds. Um, I I thought that it was probably it held together probably better than it should with yeah. kind of like the the craziness of some of the people in it. Um. The styles of of Tajiri and Sandman um, aren't the neatest to go together, but they kind of worked for what they were trying to do. Um, yeah, it was it was it was fine. It was it was good enough. So I thought, I kind of obviously like I know the world's got no reason for it, but they kind of sit there and think, I could have got behind a Tajiri Sandman kind of team for a minute, you know, just to, it never had anything to do with sort of a filler, not a long-term team, but it could have worked. In a yeah. Way. I mean, I have, I have issues with the fact that neither of them have anything to do because I, I still don't understand why Sandman and now Raven have, have just nothing to do. Um, and Tajiri, there doesn't really seem to be a plan. I mean, he seems to almost sort of have a feud with Carino, but they haven't really kind of pulled the trigger on it yet, despite the racism. Um, so yeah, it's just it's just a, a bit of a weird thing all the way through. But um, you know, fair enough. The enemy of my enemy, and all the rest of it. Yeah. So Sam and Jerry pick up the win. Um, they finish off a final TNN dig, and then the show ends. Which takes up to Hardcore TV the next night, 367, May the 6th, 2000, to be exact. Simon Diamond is on his way to the ring. He calls out anyone in the ECW locker room, which brings out Tommy Dreamer. Now, this is the match, obviously, we alluded to earlier when we were talking about the Lance Storm Kid Cash situation. I, I felt like this was... We said about with ECW, there's always these small little moments where you look at ECW and you think, Ah, you dropped the ball there. You had it a little bit. I felt like you dropped it there. And to me, this feels slightly like it. I mean, obviously, it won't matter massively because, you know, title shots happen and stuff like that. But I just think it was a great chance for Dreamer to just come out and just sort of maul Diamond, see he's not in the mood for this shit, call out Just Incredible, slam the mic down and walk off. Yeah, so I mean... Uh, Simon Diamond's entire angst on this 
is um, that you know he's not a comedy act. He's a he's a blue chip professional wrestler. He's legit, and therefore he wants to prove it by by open challenge and someone coming out and challenging him. Yeah. Um, now I'll loop back to that in just a second because obviously the 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 comedy act is because he's standing in the ring with Mitch and a musketeer and prodigy and projedette. Um, and again, this is a point in time where actually we are seeing really, really, you know, in 2000, around this time, we're seeing really, really intermittent TV. Yeah. So we're single week. We're not getting it cohesively. We're also getting the the VHSs at the and the DVDs kind of dropping in, and so we're watching kind of the pay per views just without context. So I am aware of this Simon Diamond menagerie that we have here. I always assumed there was something I'd missed about how they'd come together and this collection of people that had come together. It turns out I didn't. It's just one day they all turned up. Yeah. I'll, I'll, there is um... no explanation, apart from the fact that the Progeny and Progedet were trained by Taz, which is becoming less and less of a boast because there's a load of people now who have been trained by Taz. Um, yeah. yeah, it's just... It, you know, here's a guy dressed as a musketeer. Here's a guy dressed, you know, pretending he's like an English butler. Here's two people who are twins, apparently, and, and both have the same outfit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so the thing is that Tommy Dreamer has come out because he's going to prove that, you know, he's going to fight the fight because Simon Diamond doesn't want to be seen as a comedy act. And, and you know, the, you, to your point here, Dreamer could have destroyed all of this and then said, I'm not here to fuck around. I'm not here to deal with things like this. Credible, I want you. And I just think it's so fucking strong. But like I said, instead he's getting in sore fights with the musketeer. And yeah, it's funny. And, yeah, and it, overall, it is like harmless. But like we said, there's, these, uh, there's these small moments where you get real I mean, it's, it's to... harmless, but, you know, two weeks ago, this guy was main eventing a pay and the champion. And he's now opening hardcore TV, doing a sword fight with a musketeer. That's the thing. So I just thought it was a bit like, oh, okay. And even, uh, I mean, you know, even if you turn around and say, yeah, but, you know, Steve Austin did comedy. Not, not like this. Yeah, no, it's... Um... Yeah, he never stopped at a little fight with anyone like that. I mean, you uh, can argue the beer truck being comedy... The beer truck was an absolute different setup to this. You can argue about Stone Cold Steve Austin with what he did with with Kurt Angle, if you wish. Um, yeah, completely different. Just just completely different to. And again, not straight after he's just lost. You know, he spent his career. He's finally got the belt that he never thought he was going to hold. He's had it for seven seconds. He's got screwed out of it by his former manager and this absolute ir- this punk who, who disrespected his. Granddad Bell salute, lest we forget. Um, yeah, you know, no respect for Tommy Dreamer. Told him as much. Went into the ring and told him as much. 
Um, and we're back to, to laughy, jokey Tommy Dreamer. Yes, it happens. We get Mikey backstage and talk to Sinister Minister, who basically said, um, you're a former champion. Go out there to defeat Justin. Either come back with his belt or come back with his soul. Yeah, so Mikey asked who... Yeah, so Mikey basically asked about um, Justin Credible must have sold his soul to get the championship. And Sinister Minister kind of went, actually, he didn't. So then challenges him to to go and either bring back his soul or the championship. You're absolutely right. I mean, they, they are... Mikey has come alive in this. Oh, since he's come back, it's 100% what he needed. It's a fresh coat of paint, but the same character. And um, he actually gets to work with someone who's also fresh to the company as sort of endless potential when it comes to that sort of thing. So, yeah, I mean, if you compare this to where he was just before doing the, you know, I'm not a baby angle gimmick, yeah. it's just, you know, it's night and day. Hundred uh, percent. We get just incredible promo. Talk about everyone wants a piece of just incredible. Um, they want to see him lose the belt, and they want to see Francine naked in the ring. But neither of them are going to happen. Fair enough. Again, you know, you want to, you can't have her. And I'm the champion, and everyone's coming after me because I'm the champion. Yeah, I mean it's 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 promo one hundred and one, but they do it so well, and I love it because it's been missing for so long. That's the thing, though. It's, it's promo one hundred and one, but it's getting delivered by someone who's passionate and can deliver a really good promo. Yes, it's just incredible. Like his promo from like when he came in, you, know, you wouldn't believe. Like again, like why people like Adam Antoya just never spoke because this guy's just. The other part here that that I thought about and then forgot to mention, like the the just the incredible understanding the heel heat that he gets by wearing a Shawn Michaels Wrestling Academy T-shirt on ECW. It's a great shout out to his boy, and you know would just send the the ECW fans who are avid anti WWE guys even though they've just cheered for Taz when he came back but anyway um you know would have been would have been rabid at, at him um in his Sean Mag- Sean Michaels t-shirt yeah um, Sean Michaels Wrestling Academy which will then go on to bring in um American Dragon and Spanky you say and it was a whole thing as well um Near the end of ECW, I think American Dragon might have been touring with them and Spanky mm. potentially as well. They don't think they wrestled, but they were planned to be there. I think they're actually doing the loops with them and helping with a few bits. Um, we get highlights of the Lance Storm, just incredible confrontation from TNN. Just spoke about that. We get highlights of the Lynn Scotty Anton segment from TNN. We just spoke about that. Now, the one bit we didn't speak about in that, um, and I think it kind of leads into the promo in a little while and, and leads into kind of other stuff, is one of the things that whilst Lynn and Scotty Anton are fighting uh, in the aisle, um, RVD does a huge dive and takes out both 
people. Um, and that's kind of the bit where they all then get taken away. So the last action you see is RVD wiping out Jerry Lynn, but also Scotty Anton with his move. Yeah. Foreshadowing. Mm. Uh, and then cuts to heavyweight title match. Basically, just incredible comes off and he goes off in the crowd before the match um, kicks off. It's it's one of these where like you, you don't know if he proper went off and was swearing loads, or whether they just he was having like a row but not over the top, and they sort of censored it to make it look yeah. like it was worse. Um, yeah, but again, I, I I'm I'm here for it because it just came across as look for riot, like a heel champion, like a Dudley Boys. Yep, you, know, you don't deserve to see me. You know, show me real respect. I'm your champion. Yeah, or I'm gone. Yeah, um, so that worked really well. I thought uh, world title match: Justin Credible versus Mikey Whipwreck. Solid matches, a bit like their old best off series. Always great chemistry. Just incredible. Does pick up the win? Hardly surprising. But um, yeah, he's the um, the champion. I thought these two had a great match for old times' sake. I think they did. Um, I mean, we know Mikey's great, um, yeah. and and I was enjoying the Mikey and Raven versus Impact Players match um, a couple of weeks ago. Um, yeah, I mean, he does. He just does great chemistry with with pretty much everyone. Um, it's a great match. You could argue that Just Incredible should have gone over quicker and stronger. Yeah. Uh, however, he's a heel champion. Yeah. You know, him begging off, him him stealing wins, him, you know, having to cheat to win. All of those things are what heel champions do to keep the belt. That's that's part of his story. So, again, you know, for me, uh, and and again, a former heavyweight champion, you know, one of the only triple crown winners in the one of two triple crown winners at this point, I think. Is it two? I think it's two. Him and Sabu. Um, yeah. Is there another one? Taz. Must be Taz. 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 Yeah. Um. But yeah, so you know, this is the thing, and and the triple crown's a big deal, as we'll find out when they're building the pay per view matches. Um, you know, so it's not it's it's not a, a, like a, a a jobber that he's losing out to. It's not like a, I know he's he's you know, not upper card now, but he has been, and you know, victories over Steve Austin, victories over the Sandman, victories over Cactus Jack, victories over Raven, victories over, victories over. So. Um, yeah, you know, it makes sense, I think, the way that this was booked. No, it's good. It's, um, I said it worked out strong for both of them. Uh, we get uh, Pulp Fiction promos. Uh, kicks off with a Sandman, basically slaying that when he faces Rhino, he's going to show him why he's the king of extreme. Good for you. Yeah, so man. two things on this. The first is that they're building up that this is the first three things on this. They're building up the first that this is the first one-on-one match that these two have had, which is crazy. Bearing in mind how long they've been, kind of, you know, in each other's hemispheres. Yeah, it's crazy that it, it's this point we're finally getting a, a, a straight one-on-one match between them. Um. Second thing is that, you know, one of the things that has been built up throughout the show and, and kind of gets referenced 
briefly in here, is the TV title is the one the Sandman hasn't held. Multiple-time yeah. tag champion, multiple-time heavyweight champion. The thing that's stopping him being a triple crown winner is that he's never held the TV championship. So now he's got the adds opportunity, uh, which, is, which is kind of a cool little story. Uh, and then the third thing is, um, really hate the King of Extreme title. Yeah, no, I get that. It just feels a bit um, generic and passed around. There's also, we've got, you know, he's the hardcore icon. You know, he's, he's already got his, his moniker. Um, we've got Francine as the queen of extreme. Yeah. That works. But surely if you are the king of extreme, then you would have to be in some way linked to the queen of extreme. No? Yeah, it makes sense. Right, so yeah, the fact the fact that it's 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 you know someone completely different in a completely different setup in a completely different whatever else just feels like a very bizarre. Yeah, no, I agree. Treading. So, so I'm going to get RVD just doing sort of RVD bits. So this one was interesting because the RVD thing is all about, yeah, and it's the same stuff we've seen him do with Cebu for years. You know, everyone's favorite wrestler and I'm pushing out the way and, you know, blah, 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 and, you know, whatever else and round and round and round. Um, you know, and my best friend, Bill Alfonso. Um, so it's, it's, and you've just got Scotty Anton in the background, just kind of looking more and more pissed off with him. Um, and, you know, RVD's back, you know, why don't you put me on my shoulder on your shoulders and carry me around for a little while? Um, RVD's back. He's back in absolute full arrogance mode. And you can kind of see Scotty Anton just getting, you know, more and more cross. Um, not that I'm saying that will turn into anything, obviously. Good. Best friends, right? Always. Wrestling uh, best friends. We know nothing ever gets in the way of wrestling best friends. So you got that. Jerry Lynn is fuming with Justin Incredible. So he's going to beat RVD, then challenge him for the title. That's fine. Another little bit of Justin Incredible. Uh, Dangerous Alliance are basically going after Justin Incredible because he threw the belts down. Nova and Chetty, another segment somewhere else, are basically fuming. They threw the belts down. Uh, Dorian and Roadkill are annoyed because they believe they're the team that could beat him. So obviously they're going after him now. And then we get <laughs> my only my only issue with this, and and I think this is you know great and fine and 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 solid and all the rest of it. My only issue with all of this is you know every single one of them started with you know, everyone knows we were the team that was going to beat. Yeah, it's kind of like I'm sure there's other ways uh, that people could say this without just repeating verbatim the same thing of everyone knows we were the team that was going to beat yeah but hadn't previously in the other three matches um, so we yeah. had all that and Rhino finishes off the show with a really straightforward I'm going to get a beer can and shove up your ass there man just fairly to the point yeah it's just, God, I love him and which is which is interesting because beer can chicken won't become a famous recipe for anyway. ECW invented everything. 
Um, that brings us to the end of the show. Uh, what was your match of the week, Jay? I, I mean, it's an interesting combination of matches this this week. Um, I, I enjoyed a lot of the work rate between Kid Cash and Lance Storm, but I am, I do feel it went on too long. I do yeah. feel it should have been a shorter match. Um, so I'm going to go for uh, Justin Credible and Mikey Whitbreck. I thought they had great chemistry. I thought it was a good match. I thought the length and the the outcome made sense. I thought it was you know good heel champion, chicken shit heel champion booking. Yeah, no, I think that works. I think it was a um, great match. It brought back a lot of memories as well about the should have had the best of eight and everything else. Yeah. So it was a good little... He, he broke Mikey's leg just before yeah. he went on and broke Sasuke's leg. Yeah, no, so the great little um, run. We will be back next week for more Extreme Rewind as we continue our journey and relive the revolution as we go through episode one all the way to 401. But this week's journey doesn't have to end. You can get involved at underscore Sports Arena on Twitter, Instagram, hunt us down, talk extreme. Um, if you're making custom figures, if you own original San Francisco toy, uh, ECW figures, tag us in everything. T-shirts, DVDs. I just want a polite chat again about pay-per-view. Just let us know. We love it all. We do. Screen. And we are a couple of weeks away from... Hardcore heaven. Gosh, um, so yeah, start start thinking because we'll do the usual. We'll ask for memories of the event, favourite parts of the event, as we when you know when we lead into Hardcore Heaven two thousand. Um, we going to say something. Yeah, I was going to say, I think the two thousand ones for me is going to be a bit more interesting because I kind of know that everyone loved Heatwave 98 and I sort of know that everyone loved Guilty of Charge 99 and things like that. Do you know what I mean? They're illegal. Yeah. They're, they're renowned, well-loved pay-per-views. I've never really known what ECW fans thought about the ECW 2000 stuff. Yeah, I, I think that's, that's, that's fair. I think that's going to be an interesting thing to watch because... You know, it is. It's true, though, isn't it? Because you know you've got the golden years, and everyone knows it's yeah. two thousand. There's some banging matches, but overall, like are the pay per view still the nuts, or they fall short a little bit. And yeah, it's going to be some I mean, the, great the roster, the, the roster has been heavily depleted. So yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I think it's going to be interesting to get into conversations about, you know, Justin Credible's run, and um, you know yeah. some of the other matches we're seeing on the undercard. I just felt it's a slightly sort of overlooked error. So um, we'll get into all that. Um, obviously, that is that for me. I was just going to leave Jay to finish off the way that only he can. Uh, yes, and just like Scotty Anton's favourite wrestler, Mr. Rob Van Dam, that was the whole fucking show. <laughs>